Welcome back to Third Base Dugout, presented by Dorm Room Sports. I'm Brian Deere, along with my co-hosts, Shelly and Mike. We are back after a couple weeks off. Uh, literally nothing going on in baseball because, well, baseball's locked out right now. Just a bunch of gray heads on the screen and in the MLB app. There's not really anything going on, but a couple bit, a little bit of news recently. So, hey, let's, let's, uh, let's dive into some stuff. But before we do... Make sure you go follow us on Twitter at Third Base Dugout. It literally sounds like, or sounds like it's spelled, or spells spelled like it sounds. Yeah, spelled like it sounds. Yeah. Words are tough. Words are tough. It's spelled like it sounds. So get right on the Twitter handle. Um, and subscribe to the podcast platform that you're listening on if you have not already. So uh, we appreciate that. Um, give you two seconds. One, two seconds. Two. All right. If yep. you haven't done it by now, I'll bring it up. Tell you. Yep. Um, anyway, how are we doing? And guys, Shelly, oh, Shelly, uh, how's, how's D1 baseball treating you? Oh, it's awesome. We're gearing up for the season. Got a big one to start. We're going to have a, a special fan in the, in attendance. I'm excited for that. Yes, I will be there. Locked and loaded. I'm excited. Mike, you better fire off at least one good chirp at me. Get me, get me riled up. All right. I mean, you got to be careful what you're asking for there. Mike, you have like a month to prepare for this. It better be good. And it better be on video. And I need, I need Shelly to like get down on his crouch, like behind the plate and fall over because he's laughing so hard at what you said. No, no, I can't have that happen. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you, I'll give you one of these right here though. A little little tip of the cat. Fair. I'll take it. And I'll probably won't stop until I get that tip of the cap. So that's you know. fair. It might be on the way. It might be on the way into the dugout. I'll, I'll hear your voice. I'll find whatever section you're in and just give it a little tip of the cap. That'll work. Shelly's gonna have surround sound like like Mike's gonna be down the first baseline, then right behind home plate, then down the third baseline, then just like beside their dugout, beside y'all's dugout. He's just gonna keep moving around and give you surround sound of chirps. We'll be able to find him. He's gonna be moving around every every like. You're just gonna be tipping dishes. your cap to random people. Be going insane during a game. The, the worst thing that can happen for you, though, to start that day is if you guys are in the third base dugout. Because I'm already lining up material for third base dugout if you guys are in it. So, yes. I hope we are. We are yes. in the third base dugout at the Diamond, which is really cool. I, I, I yeah. enjoy that. Yeah. So, we're going to make this fun. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see. Um, for, God, for you all that don't know as listeners, um, I've actually never met Shelly in person. <laughs> like. I've never met Shelly in person. This is a good, but this is a very fitting way to to, to meet in person, though. That is true. At a baseball. That is true. Like, I've I've met Brian, and that's how I ended up. You know, went from being a producer, which I don't think I've really produced much of anything except for a bunch of <laughs> me I talking. Do we really have titles we in this, in this company? We we really don't have titles in this company. It's literally <laughs> just a bunch of bullshit that we just put out on <laughs> on, on like networks. That's how we operate. <laughs> like I started off as a producer. Actually, I started off as a, as a listener who gave some feedback to turn into a producer to turn into what was supposed to be a one time episode, <laughs> then turn into a regular. Um, but yeah, I still never met Shelly in person. So this would actually be kind of fun, you know, to I'm excited. To pick at him a little bit. Yeah. I think I have to hit a home run now. I, I all I know is that your own field swag got it gotta be right, or otherwise our listeners hey, will definitely know. I, I this Christmas I got an arm sleeve, so I helped the game a Nike arm sleeve at that. Okay. So. Shelly, go go full Evan Gaddis the day that Mike comes. Literally nothing. <laughs> Literally nothing. No batting gloves, no sleeves, no like like literally nothing. I don't know. These games are on television. You can't even have a two-colored bat. Literally the same color bat all the way through. I actually, no. my bat is all red, and I got nice. the old stock. The uh, I took the, the 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 fancy grip off and just put good old-fashioned athletic tape. Oh, and it has to be like card. way too big for you. Like Evan Gaddis swung like a like a giant tree. Well, I mean, I'm trying to get some hits, so I need to swing <laughs> something. <laughs> I, gonna, you know. I forgot this is your uh, your your basically your showcase for the rest of the season. Right. If if we want to talk about people with no swag, I played against a kid in uh in little league at the All Star State Tournament that oh, had we talking no about socks. little league swag. Yes, uh, but he had on right no now, socks. I kid no you not. Wait, 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 no wait, wait, socks. Wait, wait, wait. 
Exactly. That was that was the one. Like, no wait, was it the, was it like the um uh the scrunchy uh, pants at the bottom, and he had like white ankle sock on? No, no, no. Like, I mean, no socks. Like, literally, no socks. No socks. Like, that's how he played. No socks. I'm like, bro, I don't mind you. Yes, swag was always a thing. For me. Probably at one point, but. Bro, that's, but that's the kid hit like the most Lynchburg Little League thing I've ever heard. Kid hit a bomb though. I mean, he hit, I think he hit two bombs that game, and I was like, "Yeah, when you doing that, you can go with no socks." Respect. That, that sounds about right. Sounds about right. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> and one of those was all for me, so I wouldn't even like. Look, if like, you're I, doing that, I, if you're doing that past t ball, you better be dropping some tanks. Yeah, and I mean, he was like, no, and the crazy part was he had no batting gloves, like no nothing. His jer- his little jersey for all stars looked kind of big, but. I mean, he just came up there and hit tanks. Like, that was what he did. That's incredible. What a nowadays, story. No nowadays, the Little League swag is how many armbands can you fit on your arm? Exactly. Still be able to throw a baseball. <laughs> <laughs> also, how, lo- how long just... can you get away with wearing pit vipers on the mound? Uh, pit vipers yeah. are – they're very acceptable eyewear. I, I think that should be – in the CBA agreement, I think they should uh, mandate every single pitcher should wear yes. pit vipers. Yes. I currently have me a pair. I do not so the, okay, the thing I never understood though, I got the American ones. The guys that would, you know, like when they were working on their glove, they were like the long dangling string. I'm like, bro, what is that salt? Like, what is oh, what is that? Well, one of my best friends, he was our, he was my second baseman, always had the string. Like I can understand a little bit, but like it seemed like. It seemed like it didn't even like come with the glove. I was like, if that much is hanging off, if that much lace is hanging out of your glove, what's holding your glove together? Like, I was literally, I was watching a video the other day, and a guy was on the mound, and it was like the rope from the glove hung down to like his cleats. I'm like, bro, there's nothing in the glove. How is your glove still standing, standing in one piece? He would love to do it because he could go like, like he would turn his hand like. I, it's tough to explain it. Yeah, I, I got you. Yeah, he would make a snapping noise. He thought that yeah. was funny. yeah, yeah. I can do that with my glove, and my laces aren't nearly that long. Yeah, the laces. He would also was... whip us with it too. He would okay, like well, yeah, I can't do that. Slap you with the uh, with the lace; it hurt. <laughs> no, because he would just chew on it, and it and, and the edges got toughened <laughs> up. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. But, well, I mean, shout, shout out to my boy Peanut. If you're listening to this, he knows who he is. And if he's not, Peanut. he should be. Yeah. We right. honestly, we could have him on the show as a guest just to talk about his baseball career. Cause, like, he is one of the most outlandish characters I've ever played with. Like, so I can't even make up some of the stuff he, he would do on a field. He was, he was a character. Good ball player, too. I'm here for it. Love it. Well, um, we've got two big things to talk about. One being the Hall of Fame induction. And two being the um, CBA meetings between the MLB and the MLB Players Association. Got some news on that. There's been two meetings so far. So let's get into some Hall of Fame stuff. I'm going to preface this before Shelly starts going. I'm going to let you guys go first because I okay. feel like that's fair. Because um, when I get going, it's good luck stopping it. David Ortiz has been elected into the uh, Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Can we get a round of applause, though? Can we get a round of yes. applause? Yes, yes. Oh, big poppy. Uh, very, very great dude. Allegedly did steroids. But um, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Kurt Schilling are now all off of the ballot. Um, uh, Bonds and um, Clemens also did steroids. Um, Schilling, I don't really know why he never even got close. I guess probably just because he's why. an asshole. I know why. Probably That's exactly asshole. why. That's yeah. exactly why. Like, he was... I can't look. I don't remember the exact number, but I think he was at like let's just say seventy-two percent last year, and had a very good chance of making it this year. But because of his antics and him being himself, you know, yeah. right after that, you know, soured a lot of voters. And this year, he finished at like sixty-some percent. Yeah. Like this, um, like I, and, and yes, this is America, and you are entitled to your beliefs. But when your beliefs are that extreme, yeah, 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 we're gonna yep. we're gonna end it there. Yeah. Um. But overall, congratulations um, to David Ortiz. And uh, before we start talking about Big Poppy, um, let's talk about the obvious one. Yeah, let's talk the, about how the, the Hall of Fame is a joke. The Hall of like, Fame yeah. failed. Yeah. The no, writers no failed offense. us. 
no offense to to David Ortiz, like it's gonna suck that like we're kind. Of, I'm about to go on this rant that I'm going on. Um, it's no slight to David Ortiz, but I don't see how it's a it, it's a black eye for baseball. Like here was your chance as writers of people that supposedly are the gatekeepers in a lot of ways for the game of baseball that I can guarantee you in a lot of ways that these same writers that now want to hold it over bonds and Clemens for the stuff that they did also probably wrote really good articles and stuff about them. So if it's about your job, then make it about your job. Let's not make it personal. Like it was, it was in your benefit and you wrote great articles about him talk. And I'm sure that most of them probably called, Bond's the greatest hitter of all time or the best player of his generation. All these things that you highlight about him when you're, when he's active and playing, then now you want to try to take this moral high ground. But yet, if you want an award off an article that you wrote, you're not giving Barry any credit, but I just think that it's a joke that he doesn't make it in that Roger Clemens doesn't make it in like Clemens. Yes. Okay. Even if we work off the premise that they both, did steroids and that's the stuff that we want to you know rest our hat on cool the problem i and it's the reason i don't defend clemens as much is because he went to the extreme to try to prove his innocence it was sort of like you know you're hey dude like this is what we think and he went to the absolute extreme to try to prove it different but bonds he didn't but i also think that that makes him look a little bit better at least in my eyes on it because it wasn't like he had to try to prove anything he said hey man look this is what it was but to have the all-time home run hitting, you know, home run hitting leader, which is arguably the toughest record to break in all of sports, to not be inducted into the Hall of Fame for his accolades, for the stuff that he did. None of those writers, some of those same writers who have votes for all-star, I mean, not all-star, but for, you know, MVP and all that other stuff, you voted for him then, so why not vote for him now for the Hall? Exactly. You know, and it's like you're taking it personal because he wasn't this lovable character or level, lovable character in some way. He didn't fit the mold. Exactly. You know, after the fact, you know, you want to sit there and hold that against him because he wouldn't tell you how great you were as a writer. You know, but now when you get a chance to stick it back to him, this is the route that you take. I think it's disgusting, you know, and to me and I said this to you guys in group text he's probably more famous now, more infamous now and be remembered way more for not getting elected into the hall than he did if he would have. So they actually kind of, in some ways did him a favor. All of his stuff is still going to be in the hall from the home runs from, you know, him being the record holder. Everyone's going to know this until that record falls, which may be a long time from now. And then when people go back to look at it, like, wait, why is this guy not in the hall? And it's just stupid. And yeah. like, so let's let's put it this way. Tell me who. Tell me what all three are. Actually, you know what? Shelly, answer me this: Who's the sure. all-time hits leader in the MLB? Pete Rose. Who's the all-time home runs leader in the MLB? Barry Bonds. Who's the all-time Cy Young Award leader in the MLB? Roger Clemens. What do they all three have in common? They're not in the Hall of Fame. They're not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. It's a that museum is, about baseball. That's a that it's is a, a disgrace. That's all it is. Like, why can't you like what what moral high ground do these writers have that that give them the ability to just let these guys not be in the most famous museum about a sport? Probably ever, because I don't think yeah. the, NFL, the NFL Hall of Fame doesn't really have that same ring. Like the the. NBA one definitely does it because anybody who played basketball basically gets into that one. But like the, the baseball hall of fame was the first one. <laughs> It'd be probably the most famous because every year, every year there's voting. The, 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 the baseball hall of fame voting comes out it is always talked about across all the national media platforms. Pretty almost probably more than the game itself is talked about. Yeah. And yet the three greatest baseball players of all time, depending on how your opinion sways aren't in it doesn't make any sense yeah. stupid and and those same writers that didn't vote it's not like they're getting into the hall of fame right so it's no. you know no, it, you you happen to write you're, you happen to be a good enough uh wordsmith to write about baseball that's basically that's yeah. basically all you did and you've been doing it long enough and sometimes it's not even most people don't that, even read their stuff anymore Let's exactly 
And it's not even necessarily the content, like, yes, it's their content, but it's also partly tenure that's allowed for them to be able to vote, you know, into it because they're known as a beat writer for whatever team, you know, for so long, then now all of a sudden they get credentials to vote. But at the same time, man, it's just like, like, what, like what Danny good Shaughnessy it? get a vote. And that did, yeah. the guy was a Bread Sox beat writer, didn't even vote for Ortiz. He's a bum. Yeah, like you what got, you got you, multiple guys like that on there. You know, and what are you what are you really gaining from you know having them, you know, vote? Like what? even players, like you you see so many current players that or guys that played in that same era as Bonds that will tell you that he was just flat out the greatest hitter. You know, the, the greatest tweet. hitter they'd ever seen. I saw you a know? tweet the other day. It said, "If you guys face Bonds like I did, you would under you like you would know what I know." And I was like, "That that's a great tweet." Yeah. yeah, and you know, and again, I've made this argument before about steroid use. Even if we work out the premise that he did, okay, he hit a ball 500 feet, but what difference is that ball going to be from a ball that goes 400? It just went further. It still went out. Like it still takes the hand-eye coordination to be able to do it. You know, and then for those same writers that want to have that high ground about, oh, he took steroids, performing enhancing drugs. Let's talk about greenies, right? Let's talk about the fact that they were prevalent in the locker rooms. It was two pots of coffee. You could pop them like Skittles if you wanted to, if you just wanted the pill aspect of it, that it led to you being able to have enhanced focus. And it also was was known to improve your hand-eye coordination. How many guys during the 70s, 80s use those that are still considered Hall of Famers? right? Nobody looks at those. That's still a performance enhancing drug. Then if we take it a step further, guys that were in like the late nineties, once they banned greenies, then resorted to take like Adderall and other stuff like that to help their focus to enhance their performance. But we're going to hold this over a guy that did something that wasn't even illegal at the time and just did it at a, at a, at a great, you know, at a great clip, like it's stupid. It was, it's, it's, it wasn't against the rules. Obviously, morally, probably not the best decision. And same for Ortiz. Ortiz was tested positive in, in 03. Again, morally, not the right decision. But if we're talking about a rules standpoint, they didn't break any rules at the time. Now, after, I believe, was it 07 when the Mitchell report came out? That's when the, the, the ban on, on PEDs began to really come into play. Anything after that, yes, cheating against the rules. And yes, you got you got the advantage of being stronger, being able to hit balls farther. But what Bonds as a pure hitter was able to do, nobody in baseball has ever been close to that outside of maybe Mike Trout. But Mike Trout still wasn't at the level Barry Bonds was, especially in the latter half of his career when he was allegedly on the steroids. Like he was still doing like God level like, stuff. He- here, here's just one random thing to tell you that he's a Hall of Famer. He's the only guy that I've ever seen get intentionally walk with the bases loaded. That's yeah. a Hall like, literally. If that's <laughs> so he's going to have one at bat in his career, and that's it. Yes. And like, I would put him in the Hall of Fame. He gets – you get intentionally walk with the bases loaded <laughs> where they're like, hey, there's nowhere to put him. Yeah, it is. We'll put him on first because we might try to give up that one run one than to give up four. four. Like, how does that not scream – like hall of fame in so many ways and it's not like a situational thing like no those games were close and they're like look we will give up one run and take our chances than him taking one swing and getting four so like i said man it's it's just a it's a shame it's stupid i i don't get it i've actually been like borderline disgusted by it It is because i really thought that it was going to be a situation where it was like oh you know if they were like hey we're going to make him wait until his last year okay cool like you proved your point to a degree but now here it is that you have to live with the fact of okay i didn't vote for Barry bonds well why didn't you vote for him why didn't you vote for roger clemens and you have this more high ground of hey, you know, where they took steroids. Well, I guarantee if we go back through the writer's work, their body of work, if we find any typos, they can no longer be a writer. Did you make a mistake while you were typing your paper? Uh, well, actually, well, uh, no, no, like no. A- any sort of plagiarism. Yeah, 
play is that's what's let's, considered like cheating in the writing world no let's let's just be let's just be more petty than that i want to be petty i don't want to be nice right now i want to <laughs> be petty okay did you have any typos with any grammatical errors in yours matter of fact let's take let's take it uh, even a step further anybody proofread your stuff if anybody proofread it before you like put it out there then that's cheating because you had help doing your article did anybody tell you to change a sentence that you did like let's just not be dumb about everything man like let's hopefully the veterans committee and the today's era committee you know has a chance to right this wrong um again this is not to take away from david ortiz's moment in the sun was he a hall of famer yes do i think that he should have been first ballot eh, that's yes. splitting the hairs I, I, still, I, I still think yes but i he will say right now he is the greatest designated hitter of all time yeah he revolutionized the position and i will give you all of that I, but I think that the thing that saved him, even when we tie it back into the steroids, is the fact that David Ortiz has been able to make himself way more personable. Like his his coverage on on Fox, like his personality, that saved him, you know, being able to be looked at positively by the writers. Whereas even in direct comparison to Bonds, you know, the reporters would ask him questions and he literally quoted you keep asking me the same thing as though it's going to change. I'm not a child. You ask a child the same questions over and over again, thinking the answer is going to change. He's like, mine isn't going to change. Loosely, loosely paraphrasing his quote. A lot of Bond's animosity toward the media came from his dad, I believe, which makes sense because his dad wasn't treated very well by the media. And he honestly probably didn't get a fair, a fair shake from the media either, but yeah. You you got to put that stuff aside. Like this isn't a hall of personality. It's a hall of fame for baseball. It it, it purely it purely came down to David Ortiz is a night is a good guy. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Kurt Schilling were not. Honestly, Kurt Schilling is kind of a fringe hall of famer, regular season statistics wise. Now, what would have pushed him over the edge was, was his, his postseason. postseason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here, here is my solution to fix the Hall of Fame. Here's my solution. I think every single writer, so obviously you get 10 votes that you are allowed to use. You can use as many or as little as you want. Those that weren't even voting at That's, all. Yeah, let me finish, Shelly. Sorry, I'm, just, I'm riled up now. I think that there needs to be a minimum of five votes per ballot. Like a minimum, yes. maximum of 10, minimum of five. If you don't Even want to vote you, for more than five, fine. Vote for the last five guys on the ballot that you think couldn't get on the Hall of Fame. I don't give a shit. Just Dan vote. Just can't believe he vote. Was on ballot. Just vote. A guy like Andrew Jones would get so many more votes. Yes. Which I Andrew Jones hit four hundred plus home runs and was a Gold Glove center fielder. He How was many arguably, times? Like nine times. He, he won like nine Gold Gloves. The second best defensive outfielder of his era. Because I'm going to give King Griffey yeah. the one spot. He might even be better than Ken Griffey. He was an elite defender. In a no, I mean, obviously not hitting-wise, but like fielding-wise, he might have been better than Griffey. I mean, he was the second-best bat in the in that Braves lineup in the late late 90s, early 2000s, obviously behind, you know, Chipper Jones. That's the gripe for next year. I'm calling for Andrew Jones to the Hall of Fame next year. I'm, it's Billy Wagner, I, I think, has another year as well. If I, think, Billy I think this is his last year coming up. That's. I feel like this was a year Billy Wagner could have gotten in. Obviously, Bonds and, and Clemens are going to steal and, and Schilling are going to steal the spotlight here. But I feel like Billy Wagner, like, and it sucks because he was also in the same era as Mo Rivera and, and the end of Trevor Hoffman. But that dude was an elite closer. You had Billy Wagner in the back end of your bullpen, you were winning a lot of baseball games because he was as locked down as lockdown gets. Mm-hmm. Also, got to give some love to our D3 brother with the Ferrum. Uh, we we play them. They beat us, I think, last year. But that, that's just going, going down a rabbit hole. We don't need to go down right now. But yeah, I, I'm I am. Who were some? Who who else was on the ballot this year? There was a there Scott was a Rowland. Of, Scott Rowland probably probably had a shot. Yeah. It's, yeah, a hall you, of, it's a hall of fame, not a hall of good. You know. Yeah, but I mean, Ro- Rowland will probably get in next year. I, I would probably say within like the next two years, Scott Rowland will get in. Um, to share, I think was on the ballot for the first time this year. And he's it? off. Oh yeah, I think yeah, yeah, I, I, I think he did, I think he, he had two little votes. Yeah, yeah. I think he, he missed the threshold. Did A Rod 
Did A-Rod beat the threshold? A- yeah, A-Rod like barely 40%. got to the... That's oh, yeah, gonna be, yeah, that's right. He's going to probably be... Because enough time will pass, and A-Rod is kind of doing the... Da- he's honestly taking a note out of David Ortiz's book in a weird way. He's becoming more likable, yeah. which I'll be interested, interested to see if that changes how the public perception is around him. Because I feel like he's a guy coming into the latter half of his, his eligibility could sneak who, in. Who, uh, yeah, A-Rod probably towards the latter half will. Because statistically, dude was unbelievable. So, unbelievable. Uh, never mind, never mind. I was, I was taking a look at some players next year, but it's over the coming years. Never mind. I, and I can't really decipher who will be in next year or who will be on the ballot next year or what. So I just won't even go there. Uh, Big Poppy, though, I think we should at least just start talking some nice about Big Poppy. Um, All right. uh, career 286 uh, hitter, 541 home runs, 1,700 RBIs, uh, 932 OP, career OPS. Um, he – hold on, let me get to his accolades. Mr. Clutch. If, if you needed a, a game-winning hit. Three-time three time World Series champion. I believe a World Series MVP in 2013. We're not going to harp on that one. We're just going to yep. keep moving on. Um, yep, we're, we're not going to no, talk about that one at all. Pretty much single-handedly won the 2004 ALCS. Also single-handedly the won the um, 2013 ALCS. Yes, also single-handedly pretty much won an entire playoffs by himself. Yeah, Joaquin Benoit basically gave Big Poppy the Hall of Fame, so we'll just go there. Uh, I think he had, I think he had it locked up by yeah. then. Yeah, was, but that's biased take. I'm just salty about that hit about the Grand Slam. It's but. one of the greatest memories of baseball I have in my entire mind. Uh, uh, the most important is that he was a five-time home run derby participant. Also won a home run derby in 11, I believe. That was a very cool. That was cool. his last one. Also had probably the greatest last season of anyone that I can remember, at least. Batted 312. Oh, sorry. No, he did not. He batted he, over 300 that He year, batted 315 with a one, uh, 1021 OPS with 38 home runs and 127 RBIs and said, yes, see you later, baseball. Yep. He was just – he just Unreal. walked away. Unreal. And honestly – that was a very fitting end to his career because a lot of guys, and I'm, I'm sorry, Mike, to bring up your guy, Pujols, some guys don't know when to hang it up. And Ortiz probably had another two to three productive seasons left in there, but he felt like his time was up and his time was up and he, he moved on. And he honestly, right now, looks like he could probably roll into a Red Sox uniform and probably go one for four with a double. And just probably ball. a solid chance. Yeah, but this dude means so much to me as a baseball fan because a lot of my early baseball fandom memories pretty much revolve around David Ortiz getting big-time hits and big-time moments and being just the anchor of, of my favorite team. Like, this dude, like, I mean, childhood hero. Like, this guy literally, I mean – as a left-handed hitter, obviously I knew I probably couldn't imitate Big Poppy's swing, but there was a lot of times where I'm like, man, I, I want to have a Big Poppy moment right here. I even did even the uh, the only thing I really ever imitated from him, and I did it horribly because I didn't get a lot of chances early on to do it. But whenever he hit a home run, he did a big stutter step at second base, and when I hit my first home run at Little League. It was a very surreal moment, but as soon as I got the first base. I realized I forgot to stutter step at first base like Big Poppy did. The next two bases stutter stepped. I was like, let's go. I got to do it. <laughs> Gotta love it. But Gotta love it. I Man, that t- 2013, though, was like – that was like the, the year where it felt like he elevated to an entirely different level of, of pure hitter in that postseason run where – I don't know what the baseball was looking like to him, but every single time he got up to the plate as a fan, I was like, oh, he's going to do something big here. And he always did. Like in that ALCS, like he was not looking too good for the old Red Sox. Comes up, Benoit leaves a heater down the middle. Next thing you know, we're in the World Series. I mean, he was getting hits left and right. I think he batted like 900 in that World Series. And, oh, my 
goodness. Over 2013, he had five home runs, 13 RBIs, 16 walks, including four and, or excuse me, not including four intentional walks in the postseason. Uh, batted 353 with a 1206 OPS in the in that in the 2013 postseason. And it was, I would say that's probably the greatest postseason entire postseason performance in recent memory outside of maybe the Rose Arena home run, run fest that was going on. Yeah. Like, and, and Brian and I were talking about this earlier. A guy that has that same kind of feel is Altuve. But I feel like Ortiz, and again, this is a very, very, very biased opinion here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that first. I feel like Ortiz mean, meant way more to the Red Sox than Altuve did to the Astros because of the guys like Correa behind him. And, yes, Ortiz had Pedroia, but Pedroia didn't have that clutch factor like, like Ortiz did. And, or, and Pedroia, fine player. And, you know. My thought on that. I think his career defining moment, I don't think was anything he did. Oh, like it's playing the game. This is our bleeping city. Yes. It was after the Boston Marathon bombing. I, I think, think that goes... was his career defining moment. I, th- I think, like, like that, when you talk about who meant more, whether it would be uh, Altuve to the Astros or Poppy to the Red Sox, it 100% is Poppy to the Red Sox because of that moment. Like, like oh, how yeah. much he, like, like, he himself rallied a city, a city around each other and like came together and basically brought baseball like as a means of, um, of comfort to an entire city. Like, and he was the spearhead of that. Oh, from that moment on, I, and again, hindsight is 2020 here, but I remember thinking we're winning the world series this year. And when Ortiz gave that big speech, like you, like something changed in the team, and he had that effect. Like, and and guys will talk about Poppy being around him. Like, apparently, was just a phenomenal teammate. Was always helping like the younger guys figure their swing out. Like Devers, even right now, gets advice from Ortiz. Like Bogarts credits a lot of his success to Ortiz, and even even A Rod. Like they would, they were good buddies. And mm-hmm. and when I heard this story, I was like, man, like I hate A Rod, but like. This is pretty cool. Like A-Rod was going through a tough time in New York. And Ortiz was like, hey, just do this, this, and that to your swing. And next thing you know, A-Rod figured it out. Yeah. And like that just like cool little stories like that. Yeah. Like, yes, he's got the, the steroid allegations in, in 03. But I feel like his most productive years came well after that. Uh, agreed. And so even for the whole diatribe that I went on earlier, um, I do want to give David Ortiz is his flowers. <clears throat> you know what I mean? He was definitely, even from a fan perspective, like the feared person, one of the more feared guys, especially in the playoffs, where it was like, hey, and I take this from experience of 2013, <laughs> right? It was like, gosh, like, okay, don't let him come up in a big situation, right? Or you knew that more often than not, he was going to deliver in those moments. Um, <clears throat> you know, but like I said, he definitely deserved to be in the hall. I'm not knocking that. Um, you know, he, like you said, revolutionized the DH position. When you really think of DH in a lot of ways, at least for me, there are two names that come to mind, Edgar Martinez and then um, David Ortiz. But David just took it to a whole other level, right? For like sure. he made it. It was sort of like everybody was looking for a David ortiz S type of player you know, a player that you were like, hey, look, I don't even care if you can play the field, right? Like, Edgar got put in the DH spot out of, in a sense, necessity because his defense had broken down. But now it's sort of like, I don't care if you can play defense. Like, if you can hit like Poppy or get close to what, you know, he does, then cool, we'll live with that. Like, we can build our lineup around that because we know that you can go out and play 150, 162 games because all you're having to do is swing the bat right now. Um, so yeah, he was definitely fun to watch, uh, in all the specials heated, you know, Red Sox, you know, Yankees games, but just any time that he was on, especially when, you know, the game was coming down to the seventh inning or later and it was, oh snap, like, Hey, if we get him out right now, we possibly don't have to face him again in the ninth. 
because, uh, you know, if you came up in the ninth or in extras, there's a good chance he, he was going to beat you on. Game was going to be done. Yeah. My, so. my favorite, one of my favorite David Ortiz memories, though, was the Red Sox were playing Baltimore. I can't remember the Baltimore pitcher's name. I think it was like something Greg, but I don't know. Him and Ortiz were getting chippy. He threw it up and in. You know, they were, they were jawing at each other. And the guy throws another here at David Ortiz. And Ortiz drops the bat, throws the helmet, and it's on. And you can just see the look of fear on the Orioles pitcher's face when David Ortiz started running at him. And David Ortiz took a big monster hack. And I thought he was going to put this man in a coffin. It was it was one of the funniest things ever. And then also another funny one is when he went to Camden Yards and just absolutely obliterated the bullpen phone. That was yeah. a, that's a great that's a great memory too. But <laughs> like and one other like one cool moment I liked from him. I, I want to say it might have been that series against the Tigers in the playoffs, but he hit a homer. And that was like the first time I've really seen like a demonstrative, like bat flip. Oh, he, it he was, was hit. It's like, yes. Like, and it was like one of the, actually the coolest ones. I was like, dang, if I was left-handed, I would try that. But you know, it wasn't, it didn't really work the same as a righty, especially when your dugouts on the other side. And but yeah, he, uh, he made it, he made home runs even cooler in some ways from a left-hand side. Like you had to sweet swing a Griffey, but then, like a David Ortiz, like bat flip, you know, especially because they always came up in clutch moments, and it was, you know, it was good to see. Oh yeah, no, and another good one, his five earned home run at the Trop, cranked it out to right field. He sat in the in the batter's box and just chucked the bat at the third base dugout and started running. Yeah. I mean, like, how awesome is that? Your five hundred five hundredth nuke, and you're just the only thing you're thinking about is how how cool can I make this bat flip? <laughs> That's just he had he he was the epitome of baseball swag, like yeah. like David Ortiz like he had he had the chin strap beard in, in the early two thousands when it was cool to have the chin strap. He had the big chains. He had the big sweatbands. Remember he had the big elbow guard. Like everything that guy did was big, swagged out, and just bettered everybody else. So. Credits to David Ortiz. Uh, again, I give him his flowers, man. He he deserved it. Um, I would have liked to see him get higher than 77.9% because it makes it seem like it's a little bit of questioning there whether he really, you know, should have made it, you know, or at least on that first ballot. Like, he's a guy that probably deserved around like a, especially first ballot, probably like an 80, 84, yeah. you know, 80, 83, 84%. Like, it shouldn't have been that close you know, of a, of a vote for him to get in on 77.9%. Like I thought it was, was going to be something definite. like, I, I thought when Ortiz got finally got inducted, I thought I was going to be kind of ticky tacky about that, mm. but he's in, doesn't matter how many he got. He's in. It's true. It's, but yeah, I, I do feel like he does. He definitely deserved more than 77. Yeah. But you know, I mean, imagine, imagine so slightly joking, but imagine being that guy just like, ah, I'm at I'm at ninety seven percent. You barely get in. Like you, you just got in the club. Ah, get here before eleven. The drinks are free, buddy. <laughs> it's, I, it's, I got it's, a VIP table. You got to worry about gym pop. You know admission. Ah, got to get here before eleven, buddy, or your drinks aren't free anymore. <laughs> but it, it is that 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 thing in 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 the Hall of Fame though. Like there there is a different section for for certain guys. Like obviously yeah. Ortiz is an all time great hitter. But I feel like if Bonds got in, he would have been in – and it doesn't even matter how many percentage of the votes that Bonds got. Right. He would have been in, in, in a different and, section. Yeah, he would have been at the cool kids' table. Like, yeah, and it's not to say that Ortiz is not completely there, but it's like – well, Ortiz you walk is also in. the kind of guy that can make the, the, the kids' table cool, you know? Yeah, no, I get it. I get <laughs> it. But that 77.9 is like, ah, hey, buddy. You know, if you had pissed off one or two more writers, you would have had to wait another year. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. know, hey, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But no, like all, all jokes aside, man, like congratulations to David Ortiz. Um, that's going to be an interesting Hall of Fame one. But I do like the fact that even in his moment of, you know, in the sun where it was like, hey, I made it, you know, he still said that, you know, guys like Bonds and Clemens should be in. Yeah. You know, so oh, he's a very, very down to earth guy. Yeah. And very, 
like that was always what was so cool about him because he was very genuine like everything he did yeah but last last funny story david ortiz or last funny david ortiz ortiz story i heard words are hard by the way yes that's what i'm saying dude (laughs) that's what i'm saying Uh, it's the story with dustin pedroia where like they had played together for like you know 10 plus years and the i think it was an umpire called him dustin and david ortiz got mad he's like what did he call you he's like he called me dustin he's like why would he call you that he's like because that's my name because he'd always called dustin pedroia peewee he's like i thought your name was (laughs) peewee and like this went on for so many years and Dustin was like, wait a minute. He's like, I batted in front of you for how many at-bats? And they said it every time, Dustin Pedroia. And he was like, I just thought your name was Pee-wee. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. I love it. All right, guys. Well, y'all want to kick over to some uh, CBA talk? Hold oh, Shelly. Shelly. Who's going to be the, the next anonymous Hall of Famer? Uh, you mean unanimous? Unanimous. Words are hard. It's the name of this episode. Words are hard. <laughs> Next unanimous Hall of Famer. I think I know. Probably Pujols. I think it's gonna be Pujols. I think Pujols is too. And I want to. If he's not, I want to meet the writer that is. And the, there's gonna be, there's gonna be somebody. He he'll get in with. And as much as it pains me to say it, he'll get in with like ninety nine percent. I don't think there's anybody that would hate Pujols though. I mean, no. he's been such a great guy his entire career. You don't vote for Albert Pujols. I agree. But okay, let's think about it this way. There's also somebody that didn't vote for Griffey. Yeah, that there's also somebody. Yeah, but like, I mean, Griff, Griffey had a lot of injuries for a lot of years. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah it was, right. that's at least so, justified. Like, Pujols has been like mediocre for what, like two years now, three years now. Doesn't matter though. It's like the prime. If you're gonna evaluate a guy off the prime of his career, yeah, like, like look at career stats. Don't look at the hit like somebody having right. injuries at the end of their no, career. No, trust like, me, I I agree with you. Yeah. But like I said, somebody didn't even vote for Griffey, and even by the time that he was done, his like body of work screamed obviously first battle hall of famer should have been unanimous but somebody didn't vote for him um and i think it's going to be the same way with with uh pools because somebody's going to use that same stupid tired old thing of and i don't know if it's this player particularly i'm going to use but like ted williams wasn't even a unanimous hall of famer (laughs) because yes it was some idiot even then that was like ah no you know he he wasn't a Hall of Famer this year. Like, it's going to be some stupid guy like that that keeps Pujols from getting unanimous, but it won't really matter. Yeah, yeah. agreed. He's, He's going to get in first ballot no matter what. Yeah, Him, him and Miggy. I, I hope I, I hope Pujols and Miggy get in at the same time. I think Miggy could also be an unanimous. I don't think it'll happen. Unanimous, Shelly. Here we go. Sure. Words are not easy. <laughs> Start with a U. The other one is unknown. Uh, all right. <laughs> I think you're thinking of anonymous, right? That's why I said that one is unknown. <laughs> oh, uh, okay, okay, I'm yeah. getting now. Okay, you know what? I think we just need to move on from this topic and See? stop trying to come up with words for this. Let's talk about the, the uh, get that's going on, and right the now. rich don't want to spend any money. Yeah, I mean, th- this really doesn't have to be a very long conversation because there's really not much progress being made, but um. The first screw the Rockies guy, whoever that owner is, he needs to sell his team. He's he needed to sell his team before last season. That is true. You give away you give away uh, Nolan Arenado for basically was, lunch money. He said that it was too expensive to run his team. Well, if it's too expensive for you, sir, sell it because sure, you yeah, obviously don't it. have enough money to 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 so dumb to put in. Uh, so dumb. Um, so the first um, meeting was on January 13th. The first MLB proposal was that funnel uh, was to funnel additional money to all players with two or more years of service, award draft picks to teams that don't manipulate services, successful top prospects. So hello, finally, at least somebody's bringing some light to it. And then tweaks uh, to propose draft lottery. I, that, that really wasn't much of a um, much of a thing. And then they meet again. Um, the ensuing Monday, so which was uh, actually about eight days later, um, it there was again not a deal. No one really expected one, um, but there they and then they met the next day, and finally some details got basically like actually explained to us thanks to Jeff Passan. Um, so the Tuesday that they met. 
Uh, the MLB agreed to accept parameters of pre-arbitration bonus pool for top 30 people, players in war. Um, so the MLBPA was seeking $105 million. The league offered $10 million. So they are not anywhere remotely close in that aspect. Um, so that's basically the only part that the um, players actually laughed at. Otherwise, the MLB offered minimum uh, raise to 615k. The MLBPA wants was 775k, so that's actually coming closer more. I think they'll end up in probably around the 700 range, maybe like the 720 range. Um, and then MLB withdrew the offer to change arbitration structure. So no matter what, though, the pre-arb bonus pool, pre-arbitration bonus pool to get the best young players paid more is a good thing for the players. The only bad thing for the players is that the MLB wants to change that money to 10 million instead of 105 million. So a lot of things that don't make sense to anyone but people that know how arbitration works. And trust me, I've been following baseball for 22 years. I don't know how arbitration works, so don't ask me. Basically, they, they take your numbers and they put it up to someone else's numbers that are comparable. And yes. then they see if the number that the, the amount of money that you brought to the table is adequate relative to someone else. It's honestly kind of stupid, but it's dumb. Yeah. It is what it is. It's just hit part free of agency, money. hit free agency, idiots. Yeah. I wouldn't mind if they got rid of arbitration, honestly. I don't, does like, what other sports league does the NBA do arbitration? Nope. nope. Yeah. I NBA, NBA, one. NBA just has like a rookie pay scale. So, within their first five years, they can only make a max of so much. Um, really, it's like their first four years. And then if they make like an all-star team, an all-NBA team, um, either one of those, then they can qualify for uh, a max extension, which then pushes out like four or five years at, you know, a higher number. Because I know they but, have the super max stuff, which I yeah. don't think we'll ever see in baseball because that's not mm -hmm. how the baseball union right. uh, players players association operates. And also, I think that but, has a lot more to do if there was a, a salary cap. Yeah, Correct. but what where they also incentivize the players to kind of stay in their market is that if you qualify for a super max, your team is the only like your current team is the only one that can pay you that. So, for example, if the Supermax is five years at $200 million, only your, the team that drafted you that you're still with can pay you that amount. If you'd still leave for free agency, the max that you could get would be like five years, $140 million. So you're leaving close to $60 million in this hypothetical situation, but it's very close to that anyway. Um, you're leaving like $60 million, you know, on the table to go somewhere else. Um, as far as baseball, I think that one of the adjustments they can make is instead of six years of arbitration, I would say probably four, like the first two, like the first year you're playing on, you know, whatever, maybe make it to where you're playing two years as far as arbitration is concerned. But then by that point, you're allowing players to get paid earlier. Um, but then you're also kind of throwing like some little incentive there that even though baseball doesn't have a salary cap that under certain years of service, you can only make, but so much. It's not – I know the downside is people's like, oh, well, if, they, if you have to wait five years before you can make $110 million, then why wouldn't a guy just sign a one-year deal? Guys aren't going to bet on themselves that often to be like, hey, I'm just going to sign this one-year deal for $7 million because if I have a down year, then that five-year $120 million contract isn't coming anyway right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that if you incentivize, especially small market teams like – I mean, Tampa Bay is like the anomaly to it because they always crank out like good teams and they're competitive. They just have an but, unbelievable R&D. Right. You know, but if you look at some of these other teams that struggle to keep their players, you know, or not really wanting to keep their players, if you say, hey, this is the only way that guys can sign for longer or sign for more, excuse me, as if they're with you, you know, as opposed to just this open, open market where – everybody's pretty much rumored to go to the Yankees if they're a top free agent yeah. because the Yankees and the Dodgers have, you know, seemingly endless pockets. Yeah. I mean, really anything to even the playing field. Yeah. Teams. It's going to be good. Uh, and overall though, I mean, we're making progress, which is good. Um, they're, they're talking, which is probably the best thing considering we're about two months into this whole lockout thing and we have three meetings. 
This um, one hasn't been as hostile as I thought it was going to be. No, I mean, not yet, at least. It could very well. Nothing, very but it again, nothing, nothing's really heated up, which I'm surprised because we're getting dangerously close to when pitchers and catchers are supposed to report. I I will say this is the probably the most hostile that is going to get has already passed. Like when Tony Clark from the Players uh, Union, and, you know, he kind of threw some shots out there towards the – like right as the lockout was starting. Um he threw some shots out there saying, hey, look, he doesn't think that they're operating in good faith from the ownership side or Manfred's not. Um, I think that with small, small, small little sidebar, but I think that with where the popularity of the game is right now, it's at a very influx period where you can't have a prolonged lockout. Biggest point being Shohei Otani is your MVP. Now you're reaching a whole new market. And the fact that Shohei Otani was just on the cover of GQ magazine, like an international aspect of it. You say, well, why does that matter? The reason it matters is because there's a lot of women that look at GQ to kind of get, you know, to see what the guy looks like. Right. But they very well may have a boyfriend and they're like, oh, have you seen this guy? Now they're watching. They may be spending the East Coast that's watching an Angels game. But now all of a sudden they see the Rays. And they live in Florida. So they're like, oh, I'm going to be a Rays fan now. So it brought, it brought in so many more new eyes, you know, to the game that if you allow this strike to go on for too long, you're going to lose not only some of your new casual fans, you're also going to lose some RF fans because, look, what are we really arguing about? So, yeah. Okay, I'm off my soapbox now. Yeah, I'm just – I just hope that we get baseball at a reasonable time. I am pretty much – not to be a Debbie Downer, but I don't think spring training is going to start on time at this point. I think, I think, and I don't think we're going to 60 game season either. Like we got for the COVID year. I think we'll get, I think we'll get a full or as close to a full season as we're going to, as we can I get. I think we'll probably end up with around 140. Honestly, though, as, as crazy as this sounds, wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing in the world if baseball did decrease the amount of games. Yeah. Like, as and don't get me wrong, I love the 162 game marathon, but I feel like baseball is also struggling to keep people around until October. Like, this past October got a lot of people on the baseball train because mm-hmm. it was as exciting as you could have asked for. You could have scripted it any better. Yep. And I, again, don't need to cut down like you don't need to do like an 80 game season, obviously. But, like, 140 games, which each game means a little bit more than it used to, kind of it kind of brings a spark back to the game maybe maybe that it needed. I don't know. I'm not the guy that has to make these decisions, thank God, because if I did, I would probably look like I'm a 100-year-old man from the stress because, obviously, you can't make everybody happy. But I don't know. Just a thought. Yeah. Spring, spring training games are scheduled to start. February 26th. Um, I know the minor leagues aren't affected by this. I think they're going to carry on as, as normal. Yeah. To drive part but, of the MLBPA. Right. But there, that even kind of causes, well, unless a guy, if a guy's on a 40 man roster, he can't participate because he's still technically right. considered, you know, like a big leaguer. Um, so the minors, like you said, yeah, won't be affected, you know, by it. Um, but with February 26th being the, penciled start date or at least the one that was you know af- you know affirmed at that point um i'll say that spring training will start i'll say march i think so. I, I think this i think i think, think, we'll I think we'll get get for a couple of weeks yeah march 1st and i still think that we'll get a full 162 in um i think we'll still get a full 162 in uh just may push it back a little bit so the playoffs might start a little bit later, probably like by like that same week or two, um, unless they want to try to schedule a couple of doubleheaders to kind of make up the difference. But that would just be too much. Um, so I think we'll still get a full 162 in. And the crazy thing is there's still some – I honestly at this point I can't even remember off the top of my head. There's I'm pretty sure there's still some free agents that still have to sign. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Like Correa, sure probably sure your biggest won. free agent still has to sign. Correa, Correa, I think Trevor, Trevor Story. Story hasn't signed yet. Clayton Kershaw, think, even though, like, he's a 
big free agent by name uh, at this point, you know, and his track record, but Kershaw's still out there. Yep. Um, you know, you still got some trades there. and stuff that, that are waiting to be made to mm-hmm. see where these guys land at. So, you know what, I, you know what I can't wait for? Talk about oh, we'll my God. Strikes over. I can't wait for, the, like, the three days after the lockout ends. It's going to be an absolute flood. It's going to be a bloodbath on Twitter. What do you mean? It's going to be the day of because somehow or another, the day that the lockout ends, Correa is going to sign his contract. And you're like, hey, how did that happen? I thought we weren't supposed to be talking. About yeah, no, but they've got to even it out. So they're going to release like maybe two, two, like each team's going to give like one thing the day of, like, you know, it's like four things the next day. And then like the next day, they'll drop like the, the last five signings that they have. Like, right. It's it's all going to be within those three days that right like right after that everyone's just going to be going crazy on Twitter and we're all going to look back at back the roster and just be like, when did that guy get there? Like, how did Carlos Correa end up on the Guardians? <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> nah, he's not going. There. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, also, we got to say the Cleveland Guardians this year, which is going to be not. I that almost said the Indians, deal. so I uh, yeah. I had I caught myself there before. I've been I've been training it. myself. I whenever I hear. Oh, he plays for the Cleveland Indians. I'm like, actually, it's the Guardians now. You know, I haven't even been training myself because they're going to be so, like, pointless to talk about this year that I'm just – I don't even have to train myself. It'll come over time. Honestly, oh. it would have been more fitting if they changed the name to the Spiders because of how bad they're going to be. And, and obviously, the the Cleveland Spiders were historically one of the worst baseball teams of all time. Why not – if you're going to be bad – Worst win percentage of all time. Just no um, feel in, from Cleveland. In a, in a single season. There. They should have had. They should have had a feel for the situation, considering yeah. it is their team. Yeah. Okay. So before we get ready to put a bow on this thing, if you had to, so I'm going to throw out three free agents. Okay. You pick their team. Okay. Uh, Carlos Correa. I actually no. Wait, we'll save that one. So I kind of buried the lead tonight. We'll save that one. Freddie Freeman. Atlanta Braves. Braves. Okay. Trevor Story. St. Louis Cardinals. Wouldn't be mad. I want to say Cardinals, but I got a weird feeling he's going to stay in Colorado. Yeah, he doesn't care about his career. I don't think he does. Um, <laughs> so, I think if he's uh, smart, honestly, he does stay in Colorado because when he's not in Colorado, he's not the same baseball player. But I'll again, maybe a change of scenery could, could help. Right. So I'm actually going to throw out one more name before I throw out the big one I threw out at first. Uh, Clayton Kershaw. Dodgers. Red Sox. I don't, I don't see why the Dodgers don't resign him. He's going to be a Boston Red Sox. So I hadn't chimed in on any of these, and I'm actually going to say Kershaw goes to the Texas Rangers. Actually, I can that'd see be, that. That'd be a nice little homecoming for him. Yeah, see him Although to Texas his, boy, his boy is about to go win a Super Bowl. In, uh, for the Rams. in LA. Yeah. I wonder if they're, I wonder if they're neighbors. I don't know. I, don't, I honestly don't care enough about that, but that'd be pretty cool. Cause I know they were, I know they were really tight growing up. So Carlos Correa. This one's tough. A month ago, I would have said the Tigers. Sorry, not a month ago, two months ago. God, this lockout has been going on for way too long. Um, um I have a sneaking suspicion he's going to go to New York. But I don't know where, where they're going to find that money to pay him. But right. so, um, I haven't chimed in, but I will on this one. You guys ready? I'm going to say mine before you say it because I don't want you to take mine. I'm going to go to the Angels. Not where I was going. Same Seattle? division. Seattle. Yeah, Seattle would Seattle. be an interesting one. Seattle, that would be very interesting. He's, I, he's, he would be an instant leader with Kyle Seager gone. Yes, and it's and... actually it would. I, thinking about it more and more, not a bad fit. Young team, a lot of promise, and they need a shortstop because JP Crawford is not a World Series shortstop. Sorry, no, he's not. But although, I, what I could see his, happening, uh, his nephew I, is going to be an elite baseball player. Yeah. I could see him going to Seattle and as much as DePoto has already said that like he believes in Crawford, I think that Crawford is going to approach Correa to say, Hey, I would, I'll move. You know, if you want to come here, I'll move. 
That's definitely like, yeah. If if you're JP Crawford, you gotta have a little bit of feel if you want to win. If you truly care about winning, yeah. Here, you, here you is bullet. if there is a player that does that. I think it's Tim Anderson. In Chicago? If there is a player that says, I will move for you to come here, I think it's Tim Anderson. I think I'm he's over second base because they got rid of Magical last year. They don't have a second baseman. But if I'm going to be honest, though, if I'm Chicago. Or it might be Yohan Mankata. Sorry. I don't know if I necessarily – I definitely – if I'm a Chicago fan, I definitely want Correa, but I – Feel like Tim Anderson is like the heartbeat of that team. I, I don't. I, I don't want to shake that up. I feel like you, if you're gonna build, build with your guy that you already have there. Don't they don't need to go at him. I feel like, yeah. I feel like Seattle. Yes, JP Crawford is their guy, but he's I think not. JP Crawford gets shipped off if he if Correa comes. I don't. I don't I think JP Crawford think says, so. "Oh, I'll, I'll move. I'll move over." No, no I think he gets shipped I, off somewhere. I'll go to like the I, Orioles I, or something. No, I think Crawford does though. I think he, I think he makes the move, and he would go to second, because that was also a area that was kind of lacking for them to a degree. Where you put Shed Long? He would probably be the one to get shipped out. Yeah, because at that point you're gonna because here, here's the trade off, right? You're obviously you're gonna substitute immediately. Correa's offense is gonna be superior than both of theirs. But now if you look at a run prevention standpoint, you're taking a gold glove shortstop guy who's won a gold glove, moving him from short to second. Maybe Shetland goes over and play third because now I'm you about have to say, yeah, they don't have a third baseman. Right. You have the Seeger hold there, but Shedlong, I don't know if his bat's well enough to play third. Right. Like to justify him being your everyday third baseman. Yeah. But like I said, it's you know, they that that team just popped up in my head. The Angels were another one, but I'm like, with as much money they spent on pitching, there's like, and it's not in fact the money, like their draft cap. Here they got to find the money. You, you know, right. you know what they can do and what the Angels can do. And this is my trade last. Trade Mike Trout to the Red Sox. Oh, God. No. <laughs> um, trade Mike Trout somewhere. That'll win. Um, and Shohei Otani. Yeah, they could both come to Boston. I would, yeah. take them. I would accept them with. Arms wide open, and you can Mike, Mike win seven Tigers confirmed. World Series and retire. And can you imagine an outfield of Mike Trout, Akil Badu, and Robbie Grossman? That is just sickening. No, absolutely, I can't imagine <laughs> that whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> um, of all the machinations of outfields, that definitely does not cross my mind. My, my, um, ooh, my if big. Hold on, I got, I got a weird spot for Correa. What if Carlos Correa decided to take his talents to St. Louis? I don't think he. I don't. I don't don't know. I I wouldn't be mad at it. Like, okay, so I feel like that's. I think. I I think they go after story if anything because I think Arnado is going to push that. I I agree. I can see that's why I'm more so leaning that way, but financially, story is probably the better option. But yeah, you're already saying Arnado and Goldschmidt. To be honest, though, Colorado paid Arenado like the last year and a half. So, uh, <laughs> like, it's really the money part of it, yes, plays a factor into it because we have some guys that are coming up for free agency. You have to kind of, even though we're a big market team by name and status, uh, we often don't operate like that. Like, you've never really seen the Cardinals like go out and sign a big time free agent. No, but that's it's also that's been, part of why they've been successful because they operate. Yeah smarter so, rather than just spending yeah. like we'll trade for your star and then sign him to an extension as opposed to just signing him um story makes a little bit more sense from that connection with arenado um which then makes the cardinals enviable because they'll have paul de young who's an all-star in his own right um as a shortstop but then also Edmundo sosa who had an awesome year they got some trade chips there to build around some other stuff but if Correa decided to say, hey, you know what? I don't even care about the money. I just want to come to St. Louis. I'm not going to be like, oh, no, don't come. <laughs> like, yeah. like, sure, hey. We don't want you. Right. You just no. can't have number one. <laughs> here's here's my, my way of Carlos Correa getting to L.A. to the Angels. If, because obviously no, our, um, Anthony Rendon has not been jack shit since he's been in L.A., I think they can put him on waivers. If he gets picked up, fine. If not, release him. 
buy out, buy out the rest of his contract, get him off the payroll, have Correa there, and then start building up your third baseman. I believe what mm, yeah. Yeah, like I mean, Rendon's got a lot of contract left, which I think that I think someone would take a chance on that contract. Um, it, it, it's a hefty Nats one, but I, I, I mean, it's I think somebody could take now. a wait, what? The Nats would probably take him back. Probably, yeah. Juan Soto is going to be gone because they're not going to pay him. Can you? I mean, I, I think a team that that's rebuilding right now would love to have Rendon on a big contract right now. Sure. Let him prove himself to that contract while being a leader for your clubhouse. He's been around for so long. I'd I'd pay that contract if I was a rebuilding team. For sure. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe not rebuilding like the Pirates, but like say the Marlins. Derek Jeter's got a lot of money there. Hello? So okay. to Miami? Less less little... I thought about that, but hey, the, the comments he said about Derek Jeter make that a no go. Oh, yeah. no, no. <laughs> Complete no-go. <laughs> unless unless no-go. Derek Jeter cut him a check for a billion dollars. Said, look, hey, we can put all of our differences aside. I'll slide you a little check, and you can come on over It'll to my be one versus nine. You're going to have to pitch, play third, short, second, first. Even he, he was originally – he was actually committed to the University of Miami coming out of high school. So it made more sense than I thought. But then again, I forgot what he said about Derek Jeter, and then that's why I put a Jeez. cap on that one. <laughs> All right, so so last one for me. If if Freddie Freeman doesn't go back to Atlanta, where's a dark Boston. horse place? You said Boston? Boston. And then Matt Olson gets traded to the Braves. You said Freeman to Boston? Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be a bad fit. I think it'd be a the great Sox, fit. I just I – just, I would love Freddie Freeman. When was the last – the last first baseman you had was David Ortiz, and he wasn't even a first baseman. Mike Napoli. Okay, you're calling Mike Napoli a first baseman. He's a glorified catcher. So is Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber's an outfielder. Who started off as a catcher. Tell me the last first baseman you had wasn't David Ortiz, and he wasn't whoa, even a first baseman. We have Mike Carp. <laughs> Mitch Moreland was a – Mitch Moreland was a – was a lover. Yeah, first base is definitely kind of a – Oh, well, hold on. We got – we got Tristan, Go get yourself an MVP we got Tristan Casas baseman. in the wings. He's, yeah, he's, I don't care. Go get yourself an MVP first baseman that just won a World Series. Yeah, I know, but I just don't see him leaving it like that. <laughs> I don't either. I don't think they're dumb enough. No. So, well, at least we got some other things to kick around. Yes, we do. We, we have a lot to talk about in the coming weeks. We, we've got to save yes. some of this. we got to, we got to bottle That's it up true. and then just let it go for the next couple of weeks. So. That's true. Well, gents, uh, it's been fun. It's been nice catching up. We'll be back to you hopefully oh, next week if schedules align. But um, if not, we've got a lot of dead time in MLB where nothing is going on. So we'll keep you all updated. Um, we might have to play some play a game or something. Or yeah, we'll pass the time somehow. I got I got an idea, but Shelly Shelly always has the ideas for the games. Always Actually, good. no, that's not true. Mike has a Mike comes that's up fair. with more of those than I do. That's fair. I come up with like the lists and stuff, like the tops. Like the top three, blah, blah, blah. But Mike, Mike comes up with the games. Fair enough. That's, that's, that's because at my current place of employment, I really don't do too much. Um, and now it's <laughs> Ooh, even worse. Don't, don't incriminate yourself here. Now, now it's even worse because I have an office. And oh, boy. Like That's going to be a lot of baseball being watched this summer. Yes, I even so I used to do that in my other position at my still at my current employment. Like I would, if it was playoffs time, like because that was the only time I could. Oh no, I tell you, what, even during regular season, if the Cardinals had like a one o'clock game, and if I went to lunch at twelve, my phone was propped up like at my station, and I was watching the game. My manager walked by. What are you doing? Watching the game? Can you not bother me for a little bit? <laughs> I love it. Can you not bother me for a little bit. So. I love it. Well, but yeah. This has been fun, though. Uh, we'll be back to y'all very shortly with more content for you guys. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter at Third Base Dugout. It is spelled like it sounds. I got that right this time. Um, otherwise, we appreciate y'all listening. And uh, go Tigers, except release Javi Baez before the lockout ends. Go Cards. Go Big Poppy, Hall of Famer. <laughs>